Jersey is the world. Hi everybody, Chris Gethard here. Welcome to another episode of New Jersey is the World. I'm recording this in a hotel room in Chicago overlooking Lake Michigan. I've always liked Chicago a lot. I've always actually found Chicago to have some very Jersey qualities. Embracing the idea of being the second city, owning that potential New York insult as actually a point of pride. There's certainly a kindred spirit there. I was in LA for days. I've been gone for a week. I get to come back to Jersey this morning. If you're hearing this, the day we put it out. And I can't wait to hear it because you can hear my voice sounds weak. And that's not because I've been um, talking to people at an office fan convention where no one is coming up to get autographs from Trevor from season nine, which I played. I have no line. It's because I'm not in Jersey and therefore my strength is leaving me and I can't wait until that strength returns when I get to come home tomorrow. Today on the show we have a very interesting interview for real. If, if you've been listening to the show for a while you know that Mike D is a guy he just meets people he just meets people from different walks of life and he senses when they have things to say and Mike D hooked us up with Aaron Levine from LG Insurance and Aaron's a very charismatic guy, you'll come to hear. He's a guy who knows how to handle himself on the microphone, knows how to tell a good story. And Mike D had the idea, and I thought it was such an interesting one. What a different perspective on New Jersey life that we don't get to hear. Aaron's in the insurance business. So he thinks about New Jersey geography a different way because he has to insure homes. Some of those homes are along shorelines where things like climate change and flooding happen. He has to think about people and the cars they drive and how to ensure the cars they drive and the different lifestyles people lead that lead to them attaining different types of cars and thinks about New Jersey drivers a different way because of that and thinks of all sorts of things that are just kind of the unspoken infrastructure of our lives that we never think about. He has to think about them constantly from angles we never even see. I really found it quite interesting. I think you will too. Thanks to Mike D for arranging it. Thanks to Aaron for doing it. Thanks to Aaron both for doing the interview and for thinking so hard about the people of New Jersey with your company, LG Insurance. And I promise you, I've plugged it a couple times. This is not a paid thing. This is not something where, uh, you know, sponsored or branded. Just a legitimately interesting conversation from an angle I don't think too many other people think about all that often. And I felt psyched to be a part of it, and I hope you get something out of it. Thanks to everybody over at patreon.com slash New Jersey is the world. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to New Jersey is the world. I'm lucky to be your host, as always. My name's Chris Gethard, and I'm joined by one of my, uh, one of my main members of the crew of co-hosts here. Mike D., how are you doing this morning? Good, Geth. It's nice to see you uh, in sunlight versus in the evening when, when yes. we usually do these things. The dead of night. Awesome. We usually record. I am, I am not on duty as a, an ambulance driver right now in Morris County, so uh, no need to worry about if that thing goes off. I don't have to run away for once. Anyway, all the tropes of the show. We're very lucky um, to be interviewing our guests today. We've got a very unique perspective on New Jersey and how it works. I'm very excited to hear about things from this angle. I've been thinking about this a lot, about how our guests must have a different perspective on a lot of New Jersey stuff. 
Aaron Levine from LG Insurance. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much. I'm glad we're not recording at night because then my kids would be yelling at me in the background and just totally screwing everything up. So that happens with us fairly you know, frequently as well. It's yeah. peaceful in the office. It's where I take my naps. So it's uh, it's nice to be here recording with you. God bless you. So LG is based out of West Long Branch. Um, just to put it out here for anybody who in any way could dream of doubting your New Jersey bona fides, I just want to say. <laughs> Your family owns the windmill restaurants, or did up until very recently? Did up until very recently own the windmill restaurants. My grandfather bought it in 76. My dad and my aunt ran it until they just recently sold it at the end of uh, 2022. I tell you, I have taken... Back when I lived in the city, I always kept a car. And New Jersey was a very popular date spot for me. Like I have so much knowledge of the place. And I've taken multiple dates from the city to the windmill that's so one with the actual windmill because i knew i was going to impress them and then we'd go down to asbury park or maybe hit up sandy hook or something and uh i you your please thank your family for me not just for the delicious food (laughs) but for any makeout sessions that happened from my dates at the windmill i mean you could do a whole podcast on windmill stories right like so we we all have them and now that I have to actually pay for my windmill food, it kind of sucks. But uh, <laughs> they charge you now when you go in. You don't get grandfathered in. No, no, I have to. Uh, I have to pay just like a regular old chum. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> so I grew up not having to pay and uh, taking dates and getting drunk and being there at two in the morning and my dad yelling at me in the morning. He's like, "So you had a good night last night?" I'm like, "Oh shit, <laughs> what I do." <laughs> How many people did I treat to cheese fries at two o'clock in the morning, you know, 20 years ago? I have to, yeah, I I have to imagine it's funny because we joke so much about some of these places that are just woven into the fabric of New Jersey. Um, Us growing up where we did in West Orange, it's like Jimmy Buffs at the Star Tavern and, you you know, the pizza and the hot dogs and the bagels that we get. And then to be somebody who's like, I had the keys to one of those places for a big part of my childhood. It's very cool. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So I grew up in Maplewood was my uh, early childhood. So I know the area well, still have family in West Orange. Um, so I'm up, I'm up quite a bit and, you know, love the bagels up there. Bagels down here are good, but bagels up in North Jersey are definitely the best. I want to talk about insurance. Do we have to? We don't have to, <laughs> but I want to talk about That's what we're here for. Let's do well, it. specifically as a jumping off point, because we think about New Jersey so hard and then you realize one of the most amazing things about New Jersey is we're all on top of each other and people cross over all the time living their own lives with sort of their own tunnel vision and we're crossing paths and we're driving past each other on the highway and we're stopping in the same delis and we don't often realize like we're seeing things in totally different ways and I have to imagine that as someone providing insurance services all over the state, you must look at this state differently than I do. True or false? You know, it's, I, I've never thought of it like that, but yeah, I definitely totally do. You know, I look at things in, in, uh, in pure risk fashion, right? You know, look at nice cars and be like, oh, the insurance premium, that's going to be X. Look at a crappy building, you know, and say, there's no way I could ever insure that. And when you get a whole bunch of insurance nerds in the same room, the conversations are even better. Um, because then we get into detail about why we wouldn't or why we would insure certain things and 
what different insurance companies are doing and thinking behind the scenes. So, you know, I totally look at things in the in the lens of risk for sure. Would uh what's a what's a car that you see on the road that just sort of gets your hackles up immediately where you're like, Oh, I can't believe someone would, would drive that because they have to insure it. Is there is there a list certain certain cars that you see that just make you see red? Uh, you know what's funny? Like not they don't make me see red, but like Jeeps are terrible to insure, right? Like huh. Wranglers. Everybody loves a Wrangler, but you think you're buying a, a used vehicle that's inexpensive, but you're really gonna pay a lot more for insurance for it. But then I had a situation where somebody was like, oh, I just bought like a 2005 Lexus NX or some inexpensive Lexus. And the insurance company was like, no, we're not insuring this. I'm like, what do you mean? It's like a regular $20,000 used car. Why won't you insure it? And they're like, because this is the number one vehicle that gets stolen across the United States. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like the data is incredible. So like, I'm like, yeah, no problem. We're not going to have an issue doing this. And then I go to insure the guy, you know, it was a New York city risk, right? So he's buying a car and hadn't had insurance previously, but they're like, we don't want this vehicle. We're not going to insure this vehicle. You can go scratch. Here's a Jersey specific angle on that question too. <laughs> when Guidos start tricking out their cars, does that make them harder to insure or does it violate the, the limits of their insurance or the, you know, the rules of their insurance as laid out? You know, I'm going to be honest. I can't say that I have, that I insure many of those uh, quote unquote tricked out vehicles. Right. And some of the stuff you see on the road with the wheels, like tilted in, like, I don't, I totally don't Stancing, get that. I believe that. Is that what it's called? Thank you. Yes. <clears throat> so, you know, any modification or adjustment to the vehicle should be noted on the insurance policy because one, if you have a total loss, unless you're racing, right, you know, doing something illegal where you're not going to have coverage anyway, you want to be able to be compensated to then retrick your vehicle. Um, like businesses that wrap their trucks. If you don't let the insurance company or your agent know that you're wrapping it and you want to be covered for your wrap job, right? you're not going to get covered for it because those are things that are extra equipment, so to speak, that are put on the cars that need to be, you know, accounted for when, when doing it. So yes, we can do it. Um, but if you don't tell us that you're, you're going custom with your uh, Honda Civic, we're not going to know about it and, and pick up on it, you know, and I'm going to imagine a lot of those guys don't want to pay extra for their insurance either. So we're, we're stuck. So when you get like a claim and you go and look at a car and you go, this this thing is bathed in neon lights and it has a questionably legal tint job and half the storage space that we have listed is now filled with speakers. So you can be blasted your techno. I have to imagine Guido's run afoul of insurance companies all the time. And I've never thought about that, but what an interesting problem here in this state. You know, I'm going to have to uh, tell my staff to look out for, for this. But yeah, none of that stuff is going to be covered. You're going to get back a regular Honda Civic, and then you have to start all over again, you know, doing whatever you're going to do to it. I want to ask your perspective to you. One of the things that I was very fascinated with in when Mike D told me we were doing this, because Mike set this interview up, and I instantly started thinking about home insurance mm -hmm. in New Jersey, because we are the most densely populated state already. And yet there is constant home development as well. And I have to imagine you're looking at that development differently than us. And some of the things that come up are, 
I mean, there's so many questions to ask. First thing being, when you see condos go up, specifically being out of West Long Branch, you're in an area of the shore where, when I drive around that stretch where I go, you go, you got the ocean on one side, you got the river on the other, you got mm. million dollar homes in between. And then I'm also someone who's pretty convinced of the science of climate change and this and that. I have to imagine there's a lot of discussions in your industry about this type of stuff. And you're in an area of the world where people have to be thinking about it very hard as well, even more so than me up in Morris County. Yeah. So there's, there's so many changes going on right now. Um, you know, the end of 2022 was challenging in, in the homeowner space in New Jersey, right? I think we're also very lucky in New Jersey. Our seasonal climates are typically consistent. We've been having a mild winter so far, except for that Christmas week where it went, you know, sub vortex for a couple of days and some pipes were freezing. But look at California, look at Louisiana, Florida, like we're isolated from a lot of these major issues, you know, the the tornado belt, like we're pretty lucky here in the Northeast, if you think about it with our weather overall, I hope I didn't jinx anything. But um, however, we're such a small pocket that we're still liable to help compensate the damage in California, Louisiana, Florida, tornado belt, right? Like, so everything that goes on around the country affects us here locally, even though I think we have it pretty good, except for some of the major storms that have come through. And I think somebody knows something or they've hedged their bets and they're out because rates are starting to go through the roof. Plus, through COVID, we saw construction costs and labor costs go through the roof. So the replacement values on homes has, you know, have gone up 25, 30%. And insurance companies are one, trying to catch up. Individuals are not keeping up with it themselves, right? So we're seeing a huge gap in actual coverage versus premium. And then uh, one of the other pieces on homeowners is there's a loss of, loss of use, right? If you have a fire, you have wind damage, you have a pipe burst and you can't live in your house for two months. Well, you have to go rent something. That cost to rent for a couple of months is up 50% from where it was three years ago also. Like, I don't know about you, but rents down here are ridiculous. Crazy. Like, I was mad at my wife, so I looked at a, an apartment the other day, and it was like 5000 a month for like a not-so-nice, not-ocean-view apartment. I'm like, I can't afford this. We better make up and make things good again because, you know, but I remember 10 years ago, we had an oceanfront apartment for 1800 a month. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I'm in middle full mortgage. It's wild. A a home identical to mine in every single way was just rented for five X what my mortgage is. <laughs> when I said, that's insane. It, it is insane. And, and it actually, that's why I remember the, the amount. I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's all these factors that screw up what's going on and we're seeing companies pulling out of the state of New Jersey. We're seeing companies apply for, for double digit rate increases just to try to keep up. Um, so it's, it's a hectic scramble on our part, but also I look at it as a great opportunity to bring in a whole new client base that we didn't have before. And speaking of weather calamities, I agree. I mean, we deal with the nor'easters here, a hurricane every now and then I have to imagine the whole industry changed after Sandy, especially being located down the shore. Cause I mean, it was so many tragic seeing what happened to the seaside Heights boardwalk and everything. It, it does are there lessons that you learned that we learned? Are there mistakes that we're still making that we chose not to learn from? How, how did that impact us here? 
Well, listen, I think building has gotten better, right? And a lot of the things that washed, not a lot, you know, many things that washed away were old properties, old buildings. Like I went into Highlands um, after Sandy and I flashed my my business card. I'm like, oh, I'm the insurance guy. I got to get down there. So I got to drive around post Sandy and look at some of the buildings that we insure and that we don't insure. And there was just concrete piles just mushed together. So things were just, you know, concrete was you know, no match for the, for the wave action that came through, but things that are built now are built up on piles. Things are built a little bit different. So hopefully that we're going to withstand the next storm a little bit better. Um, but there's, there's not saying that there's not going to be significant damage. If we get another big one that mixes that, those, uh, that high wave action with the winds for a sustained period of time, you know, with the, with the rising water, like I live, I live on the water, and when we bought our first house on the water, um, well, across the street from the water, not on the rich people side of the water, um, we said, I said to my wife, I'm like, if we get the flood, you're going to your bombs, I'm going to my parents, like we're out because we're not going to be able to afford to continue to pay our mortgage, rebuild the house and pay rent somewhere else because flood insurance doesn't cover enough. Like flood insurance is, has so many gaps in it if the big flood did come again and you know, screw things up down by us, but so far so good. I want to ask a more broad question and a very fun question, which is that New Jersey's known for having people who like to just kind of fly off the handle. (laughs) New Jersey's known for being a state where when people get emotional, it can get ridiculous fast. And when people have been in an accident or their home has been damaged or they have damaged a home, it brings their emotions up. And I have to imagine you have seen some insane things and had some insane interactions. And without asking you to violate any confidentiality, I'm, I'm wondering if there's any anecdotes you have from this business of stuff where you go, you would not believe what people are trying to get away with out here or, or putting me through in this business. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, it's, uh, you know, the emotion piece is tricky, right? There's, there's emotion and there's also fraud. So, you know, <laughs> I'm sure you deal with a lot of that in this state too. So if we're just talking emotion, that's where, you know, where we come in as a broker, right? We want to help people and help the communication between, you know, the homeowner, the auto owner, the business owner and the insurance company and try to make things move as quickly as possible. Right. So, you know, we've had some issues. I've been sued because people say it's my fault. Um, you know, whether it's my fault or not, people are, people are sue happy, right? The amount of lawsuits that I see come in for mostly for business owners is incredible. And somebody slips and falls, somebody sneezes, somebody bumps into somebody, you know, you're always hurt for the rest of your life. Like those, those lawsuits are so frequent. For business owners, it's absolutely absurd. Um, Employee-employer relationships, we're seeing a lot of it. But, you know, I had one where uh, the daughter burned the house down effectively with a cigarette. Um, you know, it was a multifamily, but they it was a whole family that lived in a multifamily. They didn't have any tenants. Um, it was an interesting setup, but the daughter threw a cigarette in, in the trash can and burned the house down. And so we got everything covered. We thought we were doing a good job. And then they turned around and started blaming us 
you know, for them not having enough coverage and for the construction taking so long. I'm like, I'm not your fucking contractor. Like, I'm not helping you do this here. You know, like, I'm trying to help you get your money to pay for it. But it's not my fault your daughter burned your house down. You know, but I guess you have to take it out on somebody besides your kid. Um, so I don't know, but you know, that, that was one. And, and I felt bad for the people, right? Like, you know, they're in a, put in a bad situation by having their, their house burned down by their own family member and, and not by some other freak accident. Um, you know, so that was one, that was a challenging one. And I've had a couple of those similar ones where people are just upset. They think it, insurance is going to fix it overnight. Like it's just going to be magic, right? That we're going to flip a switch. Your home's going to be put back together again, but it's, it's really help coaching people on the process. I think is super important, you know, and, and I was talking about lawsuits before. One of my favorites was we had somebody walk into a tree branch and they sued the business owner, the building owner, because they walked into a tree branch and it poked themselves. It poked their eye out. It didn't poke their eye out. It poked, they got poked in the eye and maybe had an eye patch on for a couple of weeks, but like dumbass, like you just walked into a tree. Why is it my fault that you're not looking where you're going you know, did I place a tree there purposefully just to, you know, record video of people walking into it? You know, I mean, I, I just don't understand it sometimes. I could not do what you do. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't deal with people trying to, I mean, you have to keep a straight face at times when people are saying ludicrous things, huh? Um, I'm pretty good at it, but I'm also good at laughing and, uh, my emotional, my, my response, my emotional response is laughter to difficult situations. So, you know, if we can find a little bit of comedy and error, you know, then, then it's good. Right. So, you know, I try to just help people work through it. And, but at the end of the day, man, we're, we're helping people. When I get to deliver checks for, for bad things that have happened and help people rebuild, like that's a cool position to be in. And I did that post Sandy or post Irene, uh, I delivered a $500,000 check to one of my clients. I'm like, I feel good. This is great. Here's $500,000 as as naive as I was, I was what? 31 years old at the time. Um, I got fired six months later. <laughs> oh, jeez! I'm like, wait a minute. I've been here every day, walking you through the claim, working with you, making sure everything's on track. And now you're just going to fire me because you feel like it. I'm like, I, you know, I learned the lesson of, you know, it's the, what can you do for me tomorrow? Not what did you do for me yesterday uh, in that moment? So the so, people you gave half a million dollars to said, we think we're going to go in a different direction with our provider. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, Aaron, thank you for your service, but you're out. Ooh. Cool. Thanks buddy. No honor among thieves. <laughs> no honor among thieves. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember <clears throat> two, two kids that we grew up with? that were involved in a very bizarre insurance scam that turned out very poorly for them. I don't. I think, so I'll, I'll completely anonymize this story, but we, we should get, we'll, we'll get your opinion here. So when we were in high school, a couple of kids that we knew went into a large, well-known, extremely well-known fast food chain, an, an international fast food chain, and one of the kids <clears throat> took a razor blade and sl a part of a razor blade and sliced the other kid's tongue. Then they oh. put it inside of a hamburger and claimed oh. that this piece of a razor blade was, was in their hamburger and that they had been injured. And then 
they sued this international fast food chain and through whatever methodology, I guess, attorneys and insurance companies use, they ended up getting nothing and were threatened with, with, with criminal charges. Somehow this, this act was discovered. Is that, I mean, do people do things like that or do we just happen to grow up with lunatics? Which I Dude, think is people, are, people are crazy because people want to commit insurance fraud all the time. I think, I think insurance fraud is like a $300 billion industry, right? And it's like an industry in itself because, you know, people accidentally hit deer, right? And then take it to the body shop and there's big checks paid out. Like there's a whole ring of body shop thefts for animal encounters with vehicles and big payouts like they would smear blood on the bumper um and pretend it was an animal hit like i remember reading about this like people do crazy things to try to steal from the insurance company but the technology today there's cameras everywhere like we know you know where you are at all times we have your easy pass data your cell phone logs like there's no way to hide anymore but I mean, insurance fraud is crazy and people just want to find a way to beat the system. And insurance is one of those systems that people are always trying to beat, like where they're going to sl slash their own body in order to find a way to get paid. Like they're not going to get figured out. It's nuts. I know there's, um, I think it's an area of Florida where there were all these people who were, it became a town that was legendary for loss of limb because oh. people, there were all these people walking around missing limbs because they realized that whatever there was some insurance company covering that area, and I don't know all the specifics, but the broad strokes are either it was written in a way that was loose enough, or the insurance company was not realizing that people were like shooting their own feet off on purpose to get these payouts, and that's the lengths people will go to for money. Well, in, in life insurance, there is an accidental dismemberment coverage. Where you could get like twenty five grand if you lose, you know, a piece of your uh, a body part, you know. So what's worth twenty five grand? I, I I don't I don't know, but totally a thing. But I I have a client. They are in the concrete block, right? So you know the blocks that they build buildings with. So they're in the manufacturing end of these concrete blocks. They had a period of time where people would take these giant machines and smash their fingers because they were drug addicts. So they, one, they would be get workers comp because they'd be out of work. They'd get paid their disability because they couldn't work. And then they get as many Percocets as they could ever want to have because the doctors would just keep prescribing them. So they had major drug issues in this facility because people were hurting themselves on purpose. Like people are crazy, man. Have you ever had co someone come and sit down for a meeting where you go, I feel like this is a huckster and I should not work with them. Because I have to imagine there's people pulling individual scams like that. Right. There's also, and again, I don't want you to get over in over your head, but in Jersey too, I have to imagine there's organized crime, trying to figure out how to defraud insurance constantly. You ever sit across from someone and go, my, I don't know why, but my gut instinct is I can't work with this person because it's trouble. So I, I had one of those and I walked into this office. It was, uh, I'm going to say it was in union somewhere. Um, I'm not going to say what their nationality was. Um, but I walked into this giant office in the back of a car dealership <laughs> and there's a poker table on one corner, big screen TV, you know, 
there was probably a stripper pole somewhere and I'm like, I'm going to die. I am not making it out of here alive. And then I wound up writing his business and uh, we were good for a while and then something happened and then he sued me. So <laughs> shouldn't follow the gut instinct on that one. Lesson, lesson learned. Gut instinct was to walk away because I'm going to get killed here. Um, but you know, I was money hungry at the time and it worked for a little bit until it didn't work. And I'm still here. We're all, we're all good. Are there things that people in New Jersey should be doing that they don't realize that you realize? Like in my sense, I know I'm a homeowner. There's people out here renting. There's all kinds of insurance that people might not realize is like, Oh no, whether you work with me or not, you want, X, Y, and Z locked in. Trust me on this. And most right. people don't. And here's where, here's why it's trouble. Can you give our reader, our listeners some, uh, some tips on the, on the common mistakes everybody's making? Yeah. So right. When you, when you order homeowners insurance or car insurance off the internet or the television, right. From an animal or, you know, an insect that's telling you, you're going to save a significant amount of money, right. You can only save so much money. Rates are going through the roof. Right. I'm all about making it right. We want to connect individuals with the right insurance companies. That's why we represent 12 different homeowners carriers and different auto and business. But it's all about making that correct connection and working, spending the time, right? Take your own time, not just say, hey, give me a quote. Here's my address. See you later. Bye. Right. We let those people go by the wayside. We don't want to deal with any of those. We want somebody that has an interest in their own personal well being. And in most cases, your home is your largest asset, right? For most people in the state of New Jersey, if you own a home, it's your biggest asset. But people always want to cheap out on the only thing that's protecting that asset is the homeowner's insurance, right? Plus regular maintenance and so on and so forth. So there's a few things in a home policy that you want to make sure that you have. Service line coverage is, is my number one. We always add that to every homeowner's insurance policy. That's when the sewer line or the water line breaks um, in the front yard, so to speak, between the home and the street. In the street, it's the municipality's responsibility. If it's like inside the house, not in the crawl space, it's the homeowner's policy would normally cover it because it would have water damage. But the, serve, but the sewer line, and I had this happen in my house uh, back in August, I was actually selling my old house and I moved into a new house and I had a sewer line issue that we didn't realize at the time until we dug up and realized that there was a huge mess in my front yard and it was about to get really bad. So we actually got ahead of it, but I got the insurance company to cover it. I got 6,000 bucks back from my insurance company for an endorsement that I think I pay $18 a year for, right? Allowed me to get six grand back because we got this covered. Like they had to bring a machine and dig my front yard out. The plumber was there. It was August. It was hot. They put all new piping in. I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to have a new house by the time I sell this thing. So it's kind of frustrating, but like, that's one equipment breakdown. If you have a major lightning strike and things start frying and breaking super important. And then just understanding what the replacement costs and the replacement values are right to rebuild. We had a situation where a home didn't have enough coverage and the insurance company said, well, you don't have enough coverage. And because you don't have it, weren't carrying enough coverage and paying appropriate premium, they, there's a penalty built into the insurance policy that says you need $100,000 of coverage 
but you weren't carrying enough. So now we're only going to cover 80% of that. So here's $80,000 less deductible. You're on the, you're on the hook for the next 20 grand, right? So people don't realize that insurance policies are 97 pages long for a reason, not because they're giving you coverage, but because they're taking it away and defining everything that has to go on in there. Like I've actually read these things and they're terrible, but we need them anyway. But if you can work it appropriately and right size it and make sure you have the right endorsements that you're paying premium for, right? It's an all, everything's in exchange for dollars. So the insurance company is going to take money, give you more and broaden the coverage. So, you know, it's a matter of balancing that for you individually to make sure that you have an appropriate policy for your home. And, and this same philosophy goes into small, mid-sized business, large business. It's all the same philosophy about understanding where the risks are, what the cost of that risk is, and what happens when something goes awry and, you know, making sure that you're not filling out an application wrong because the insurance companies be like, oh, you, uh, you spelled your name wrong, so we're denying you coverage, right? Like stupid shit like that happens. And you're telling me that people can have more peace of mind if they sit down with a human being who will shake their hand and look them in the eye and walk them through this stuff rather than trusting a cute lizard with an accent? Is that crazy? You're telling me who would, that... Who would think? That, yeah, who would think? That lizard has a very cute accent. <laughs> you know, every once in a while, I think about calling up the lizard to get some, get some quotes and see how bad the actual coverage looks. You know, the price might look right, but, uh, you know, when, when coverage ba- is bad on that auto policy and you only have 15,000 where you thought you had 100, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's not fun. I hear that. I hear that. You're making me question life choices I made as a younger man. I will tell you when I, uh, when I got to a certain age and I had worked to a certain point, I had enough money that my, cause I work in entertainment and my manager was like, you need a business manager. And I was like, that sounds expensive. <laughs> and one of the first things they did was they were like, we're sitting you down with an actual insurance person who knows what they're talking about. Before that, it had all been, let me get these online quotes. You know, when you when you're young and you're looking at car insurance, it, you know, there's the phase when your parents pay for it for a lot of us suburban kids, and then when you realize you got to go do it on your own, it becomes what's the cheapest thing I can get where I can legally get my car out on the road. And uh, then you get to an age where you realize, oh, that was a scary position I put myself in. That's that was a scary place to put myself in, and I didn't even realize it. And and for some people they do realize it when there's an accident or something bad happens and all of a sudden they realize this is what I get for shopping, you know, the, the bottom of the barrel on this. Yeah. Unfortunately, it always happens when it's too late. Right. But at the same time, now that you're a responsible uh, adult, um, you know, you're driving around with other people on the road that have those terrible coverage, you know, and like make those poor life decisions and, don't have that experience, right? You're at risk from uh, something happening with, with one of them where they're at fault, not necessarily that you're at fault, right? So then what happens if they don't have enough coverage to cover your damages, then what, right? So I always want to make sure that people have proper uninsured motorist coverage, right? So that's my auto tip, uninsured motorist coverage to the maximum uh, available, 
and even including it on an umbrella if you have some assets and want to protect yourself further. I always want to protect myself from somebody else instead of protecting somebody else from me. So super important. In this state, we all know you can't, you can't do enough to protect yourself from the whims and actions of true morons, <laughs> especially out there on the roads. Uh, I, it does beg the question, you might, you might have some insight into this. If you're getting auto insurance, do they research your proximity to a place? Like, if you, are you paying a little more if you live near Route 22? You know what I mean? Like, if you're on one of these roads that's notorious, are, are they going, well, we have a feeling you're going to be driving on Route 1 and 9 a lot up in that Jersey City area. You got to pay more. You know, the data these insurance companies have is incredible. And yeah, it's, and listen, everything's geo-targeted, right? If you live, if you're in Camden, right, or in Camden County, you're in a high crime zone. Your insurance premiums are going to go up, right? Same thing with uh, parts of Essex County. You're in a high crime zone. You know, your insurance premiums are going to go up. You know, I'm in Eastern Monmouth County. I'm coastal, you know, could be a little bit more expensive. So, you know, you're totally geo-targeted by, you know, uh, by zip code on your auto insurance premium for sure. And there was a big scam recently. A bunch of dudes went to jail for it. Um, for truckers, especially, right? These trucks, there was like a, some insurance agents, I think there was more than one in the state of New Jersey. These guys went to jail. They're probably out because of bail reform. Um, they were stating that trucks were garaged in some like Phillipsburg, country, rural area, low crime, but in reality, they were in Camden and, you know, on the highways or and in bad areas. Um, so they were committing insurance fraud for these truck drivers uh, to get them cheaper rates, but they got caught because I think the Department of Banking or whoever was investigating this whole thing was like, why is there 2,000 trucks parked in the same parking lot <laughs> when there really wasn't 2,000 trucks parked in the same parking lot? It just so happened everybody was using the right. same address and how we got we, pinched. How are we not aware of this uh, massive amount of square mileage set aside just for truck parking in the middle of the just, most densely populated state? You have to figure at some point these guys got to realize they're going to get caught. More yeah, trucks and, than yeah. people in Phillipsburg. <laughs> you know, exa exactly. You know, but it's shit like this that causes everybody else to pay for it. Right. There's uh, there's no line item for it. There should be like, there should be a line item for other people are committing fraud and you're paying for it because that's definitely a piece of it. Just like in retail, you know, people are stealing from retail all the time. I think Amazon just put a halt on what they're doing because they probably can't control all the thefts going on. Are you able to enjoy uh, a place like an amusement park? Like when you bring your kids to Great Adventure, are you thinking about anything except liability at all times? <laughs> no, I'm good on I'm good on all that stuff. You know, I, I like to have a good time. I, I stay away from big crowds, so we don't. You know, we haven't done Great Adventure with my kids; they're little anyway. Yeah, sure. um, But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm good on the rides. I like to I like to enjoy myself. You know, okay. when I have to sign a waiver, I'm like, all right, how do we get around this waiver if something happens? That's what goes through my head. How do you feel about the legendary guy from Action Park who insured his uh, deadly theme park by inventing his own insurance company located in the Caribbean? Isn't that awesome? Do you give that guy props for the balls or are you like, this is the absolute nightmare of my industry? 
dude, like there was a, there's been a whole case study on it. And I, you know, I, I read it once. Um, I don't remember the whole thing, but it's, it's wild how that all, uh, all went down with the death trap of uh, of a of a, an action park that it was. When you say a case study, you mean in the world of insurance, like they're they they train you on that as an example of, of yeah. fraud and lunacy. I think it was called class action park, right? Like, so it was all about it. Like, there's a whole thing on uh, on on what went down and how the insurance played a role in it, and you know, it was such a death trap that they had to go and create their own uh, their own entity. It's wild. Man, I love that. I'm not that smart. Like, I, you know, my brain doesn't work like that. I, I just can't imagine like, oh, no one's ever going to insure this place. I guess I'll just create a shell company within a shell company within a shell company within a shell company and just buy my insurance from myself and see if anyone notices. <laughs> That's Which, Jersey to the core. In reality, there's a lot of opportunity, right? The people create their own insurance companies. If you're like, big business right then you'll self-insure some things but a lot of that's more legit than uh than than action park for sure for sure right like if if someone like apple came along and said we have the infrastructure to internally i'd go great yes you're a you generate billions and billions of dollars and i trust that you've crunched the numbers and you're going to do this the right way when it's i want to fling kids down the side of a mountain on an alpine slide and not get in trouble i don't need that person self-insuring i don't think you know but who's going down that slide and saying gee i hope he paid his insurance bill this week not me. Not me in the early 90s. I was just you seeing what, what bad things would happen. Right off the, the rope swing, jumping off the cliff. All good stuff. Good memories. I'm still here. I've got all 10 fingers and toes, so we're okay. And when you're down the shore, are you able to, uh, are you able to enjoy that as well? Or do you have, is there some part of you that sits there and goes, man, I hope. I hope. The, like when you're in Asbury Park, is there, is there always a small part of you going, man, the convention center is beautiful. I hope it doesn't crumble into the sea anytime soon. <laughs> Not my client. So uh, I don't worry about that. You know, I'll leave that to those, uh, to Madison Marquette or whoever is the, the proprietor there. But, uh, you know, I look at, I look at my clients during certain situations and I start to sweat. I'm like, all right, did I do it right? Is everything in place? Am I going to have an issue? Am I going to get sued? Like, you know, I'll lose sleep when something's happening. In 2021, uh, when we were ha- when we were having those mini riots around the state, um, you know, I was getting calls left and right. Uh, there's a, a riot scheduled for Asbury Park. Are we insured? And I'm like, I hope so because it's too late to buy insurance today. With uh, with 4,000 people scheduled to show up in Asbury Park tomorrow and start looting and making a mess. And thank God Asbury Park was was good and no real major damage occurred. But you know, during stressful times of things we don't normally talk about on a daily basis, right? I totally lose sleep during those times. And I kind of, you know, say a little prayer that uh, we all come out okay. And that's an interesting thought too, because even, right? Like if there's, if there's social unrest, there's protests and no one's going to, no one's sure if their business's window is going to be broken. Like that's a point of stress. I also have to imagine too, are you ever put in a position where you have to tell some hard truth to like uh, someone who's trying to start a business where you're going, I see that you're allowing this dream to get ahead of the reality. Please don't do this. You're going to, you're going to hurt, you know, your uh, ability. Like you must, 
you must have to have some hard conversations with people along the way. Yeah, listen, I hate that. I hate that conversation, but I like to be honest when I when I can. Right? People have expectations, and you know, sometimes you have to squash their uh, their dreams. But I've been doing this for long enough, and I've had enough experience, both positive and and not so positive, when it comes to insuring businesses that you know I can really help people with that portion of the business plan to make sure the finances are going to make sense. Like I'm trying to think of, a, of, of an example where somebody came to me with, Hey, we're going to do this, right? We're going to buy these things from China. We're going to put our own label on them and we're going to sell them and hope everything goes okay. But you know, I'm like, well, if you're buying it and putting your label on it, you're not a distributor. You're now the manufacturer. So you're a hundred percent liable for the, for the lotion that you're buying from a random Chinese manufacturer that people are then going to put on their skin. And you're hoping that their skin doesn't melt off because you put your label on it. Right. Like we have actually somebody that buys oil off the internet and then repurposes like the, uh, the essential oils into their own concoction. And I'm like, please don't like, you know, how do you know what you're buying? Are you testing it? Do you have a way to test it? You know? And uh, they're like, how can we ensure this? Then I had another one. Oh, here's a good one. This guy was in like the, the the supplement business, like the health and wellness supplement oh, yeah. business, but Which is like, huge these days for like bodybuilders. And it was um, it was a pre workout, right? So you know those pre workout things that the bodybuilders, and if you watch them on Instagram, they're like all like go look like they're crazy. Um, they wanted to ensure this pre workout that they were building, putting together with like three thousand milligrams of caffeine per serving, or something like that. And I'm like. I don't know if we can do it, but I'm going to, sh- I'm going to look into it and see if we can figure it out. But I don't think we're going to find anything. And I hit every dead end known to man. Like nobody wanted to touch this because like you look at the ingredients, you're like, you're going to make someone's heart explode. <laughs> like, <laughs> How can we be on the other end of this? Like there's no waiver that's going to get you out of the way. If you're pumping 3000 milligrams of caffeine into somebody's body right away, just so they can, you know, get a little pump. I feel t- when people come to you with those business plans too, I have to imagine too, you are well within your rights to turn around and go, buddy, look, I love the idea that you're trying to launch this unlikely semi-ridiculous business. My family for 40 years successfully ran a windmill shaped hot dog stand. <laughs> like I know what it is. Like you've seen it up close. Like that's a business plan that if someone said, so the, what we need to sell more of our hot dogs is to make it shaped like a windmill. <laughs> people would go, what? But it was, it was, I mean, it's iconic. It's iconic. Right. So I have to, like people can trust you as far, like you come from, your background is not one to go like, I'm going to just roll my eyes at you. It's let's see if we can make it work. Let's see if we can make it work, man. I'm always open. I love new ideas and, you know, I like being challenged also. Like, yeah, we want the simple ones because they pay the, pay the bills, keep the lights on. But I love a good challenge and, I have a company that started selling their first business was like loose leaf tea, like internet, like tea, right? So like hot water, tea drinks. And then they turned it into, um, now they have a huge alcohol brand that they sell booze nationally. Right. So it turned from this hobby where their first insurance policy was like 400 bucks a year. And I was helping them grow and I've been with them for 10 years now. And now they're doing like six or 7 million bucks a year. Right. And their insurance is $30,000 a year. So it's cool to see some businesses succeed and excel. Um, I've seen a lot fail because I can tell right from day one when they're 
don't want to pay their insurance bill or, or spend money on advertising, that uh, they're not going to make it. But uh, you know, I've seen a lot of cool successes out there. That's an interesting one too, because I imagine tea is tea, but then as you develop into alcohol, now you have to turn and go. Well, what if somebody tries to sue you after a drunk driving accident? What if someone tries to sue? Like all all the angles you have to think of things from. You sort yeah. of have to brainstorm. Well, how is humanity? Like, how is nature going to? backlash against us as humanity and how is humanity going to play into its most manipulative instincts <laughs> and can i help you hedge your bet against that there is that is that. in some ways a description of your job yeah i want to i want to put that on a t-shirt please feel free <laughs> feel free and please ensure me so if i get sued i i didn't steal that from you <laughs> We'll make sure. Now, now I'm gonna have to insure myself as a t-shirt uh, peddler. Yeah, uh, copyright infringement. Let's get it all. Let's get it all. Let's, exactly. it Let's go for it. But the constant manipulation of humanity that That's you it. have to constantly monitor that. I love it. It makes me feel like uh, you know an important stoic or something. I don't know. I really like it. That's uh, that's some some Marcus Aurelius type uh, quotes going on. <laughs> Well, I could turn anything melodramatic pretty quickly. <laughs> pretty quickly. Um, Mike T, are there any other any other things you want to cover? Any other points you want to bring up? I brought up the idea of the Jersey Shore falling into the sea. That was a big one. Uh, more hurricanes wiping away our homes. You've calmed me down about that. Uh, how New Jersey scumbags try to manipulate uh, insurance scams i we talked about that anything else we need to touch on here i i know when when we had chatted previously just informally you had, you had a couple of really wild i can't believe this is happening insurance stories that i would love to to have you recount one or two of those because i was laughing at just the insanity um i know one was involving a dental office another one oh my god uh, a runaway car that that we were chatting about. All right, so let's go. Let's go dental office, right? So I get a call. It's like it's like eight in the morning, and I see the phone ring, and I'm like, all right, why is she calling? What's you know? Did she you know? Is there a billing issue? And I was in a meeting. I didn't pick up. I get the second call. I'm like, oh crap, something's going on. So I pick up. Aaron, I don't know what to do. I'm like, okay, tell me what happened. It was a patient. A patient, um, basically drove into the parking lot and hit six other vehicles while in the parking lot and then tried to drive up the handicap ramp. So my first question to her, the, the doctor, was, was this before or after her sedation? Yeah. Like, hugely important piece of information that I need right now so I can know where we're going with this. And she said, no, it was before her appointment. I'm like, thank God for you. Um, or else that would have been, you know, a totally different nightmare. But so like this, you know, elderly woman, I feel bad for her, whatever happened, she lost control of the vehicle. They forget the difference between the brake and the, uh, and the gas pedal sometimes, but there were six cars damaged plus a railing. I don't know how much insurance she had. Right. So crazy things happen. So now I have all the other employees whose cars were damaged calling me also. And I'm like, Hey, you could have had me as your agent, but I'm not. Go call them. Um, is, you know, so trying to figure that out. I'm like, everybody just needs to put a claim in, get your stuff put back together through your own auto insurance company, 
and then let them figure it out because it's such a mess. Like if the woman that caused the accident doesn't have enough insurance, then you're going to have to pay for it anyway. Like, so just nobody got hurt. Thank God. Right. If somebody got hurt, if there was an injury, we would have had a different situation, but man, that eight o'clock in the morning call of somebody driving through the parking lot and damaging six vehicles, you know, it's things you, you know, if it was in LA, it would have probably made the news. Um, like it's just wild to see and how to figure out who's responsible and who's got to pay for what. And then people getting their deductibles back. So big old, big old mess, not, not a whole lot of fun to handle, but if it was after her appointment and she was an older woman, she would have been like, Oh, I was dizzy from my dental appointment. And then the doctor's insurance would have wound up having to cover the whole freaking claim. And it would have probably wound up in litigation for, for a couple of years. Like, so she got, the doctor got very lucky in that situation that one, nobody got hurt. And two, it was before this person's appointment. So that was, that was a wild one. Um, you know, so another, you know, we've seen like people like lying on applications and then thinking that they're going to get away with it. There's, uh, you know, we had somebody who drove regularly for Uber Eats and had their kid in the car when they had an accident. Like, I don't really love that when you're delivering food and your children are in the car. Even as a patron of Uber Eats, I don't like seeing that when my food is being delivered. I'm like, why is your kid's boogers on my French fries? You know, we try to avoid that. But they got into an accident. And the insurance company was like, well, we found out that you drive for Uber Eats and you told us on the application that you don't. So we're canceling your insurance and uh, there's no coverage for your claim. See you later. Bye. Like just I'm like, so I tried fighting the insurance company out and I'm like, look, she paid you her money, like cover. They're like, well, we're giving her her premium back, but they're canceling the insurance. And then these people were left in the dust. And I have a feeling at some point I still might get sued for that one. But uh, for now, I'm in the clear. I want to um, run something past you. This was something we just found out about. Um, we were randomly doing an episode, and it, it's a crazy thing that happened in 1982. Okay. And oh, I, no. I want to tell you about the details of it just to kind of see almost as if if this was unfolding today, how your brain would start handling it and the questions you would start asking about who has what and who's responsible for what. So this was something that happened in Fairlawn in 1982 where, um, so, and, and this is this is all true. 1982 in Fairlawn, there were five teenagers who were, um, messing around down by the train tracks and they, messed around with the switching equipment on this train track. And this wound up sending a train at 50 miles an hour down the wrong track. It hit a hopper car parked in a freight siding and eventually drove through the wall of a macaroni factory up there in (laughs) Burton County. Too bad it wasn't a marshmallow factory. <laughs> it would have helped a lot. I mean, but it's much more Jersey and very Bergen County to have it go through the wall of a pasta factory. Who knew there was a pasta factory? So um, the, the five teens were arrested. Um, I think one person was killed and another 
was injured. Yeah, the engineer was killed and a 14-year-old riding with the engineer on this Conrail train was injured. So this is the type of thing where I kind of want to see how your brain works. When you hear about this and you go into business mode, what are the questions you're asking? Yeah, so... I mean, one, the criminal activity is is one piece of the puzzle. But two, why didn't Conrail have the proper safety mechanisms in place on those switches to prevent vandalism and uh, and this kind of accident, right? So Conrail is going to pay for all the damage plus the liability for the two deaths, one being you know an employee and the other being a passenger. Um, and I could, and, and I didn't even Google this, but I want now I'm going to want to to see if I'm right. But Conrail is going to pay through the nose on the whole incident. The kids are going to get charged. The teens are going to get charged criminally, and then probably have some liability. But they don't have a penny to their name, so their parents, if they were in the custody of their parents, might get sued financially. But they never have enough money to cover the damage caused. Um you know, and the liability for the debts. So I'm not sure how much financial responsibility they wound up having, but I would imagine there was some, but totally this is the type of case where now every railroad switch in America has to have safety features put on it before the railroad can ever buy insurance ever again. Right. So these are the things that we learn in the risk business of McDonald's coffee. Now McDonald's has better lids and a caution hot beverage written on every single cup, right? Dunkin' Donuts just recently had a lawsuit for hot coffee spilling. I'm like, I thought we got past this, but it seems like it's a regular regular occurrence. Like if the lid's not put on properly by the employee, which happens, you ever get coffee to drive through and the lid's not on all the way? Happens all the time. Like I check my lid every time because I don't want to get burned. But I'm not going to go and sue Dunkin' Donuts because I ruined my shirt because I have coffee stains on it, you know. But they they're getting sued for hot coffee because the lids aren't put on right. So it's just mind blowing. So you legitimately think those five and look, people died. I don't want to. It was 40 years ago, but it doesn't change the fact people passed away. I'm not trying to laugh too hard at it, but five idiot teenagers in New Jersey can sneak through a hole in a fence at some Conrail track. And you think it probably raised insurance costs across the board nationally for all freight rail shipping companies from that point forward? I don't know if it raised costs, but it definitely put that question in the application, so to speak, of do you have safety protections to prevent vandalism on all your switches on the railroads? You know, totally, totally changed the industry, so to speak. Now, I just Googled it and um, there's so many. Two teens sentenced to five years for fatal derailment. Five years, that's all I got. Um, I mean, just wild. There's so much on here that I, uh, I'm i going to totally read up on it. But every every freight rail company at that point had to send out employees and go, you better make sure there's no holes in our goddamn fences for people to sneak through, first of all. Absolutely. <laughs> that is the power of New Jersey teens to cause trouble nationwide. We'll never see this. Is, this is the equivalent of every parking lot having potholes. Right. Like, you know, right. I've seen I I watch so many videos of people falling by tripping in potholes, and it's usually an elderly woman wearing high heels. Um, not to be discriminatory, but every video I see is an elderly woman wearing high heels. So stop wearing high heels, ladies, um, and look down when you're walking to make sure you don't step in a pothole. It's an interesting world. I I applaud your ability to function as a human. I, I not everybody could. If I had your job, I feel like it would be 
like in the matrix when he starts seeing everything in green computer code and it's just green zeros and ones because he's viewing the world that way now i wouldn't be able to drive on a highway i wouldn't be able to go out to a dinner i wouldn't be able to look at anything anywhere near a fault line or or water ever the same ever again so thanks See, i'm lucky i just sell stuff right i sell i sell i sell contracts and i get paid a commission so i see things in revenue um (laughs) my risk is associated to the revenue in my pocket so you know i i I, I love it well i really appreciate this glimpse into your world and into the view of new jersey you have via that world i feel really lucky that we got to talk today thanks Kath. appreciate it yeah and uh, aaron where can uh where can folks on the internet track you down for for their insurance needs uh, track track just google me i mean uh you know um <laughs> Love eight, you know luxury group ins.com is uh the the website but uh googling lg insurance in new jersey or finding us on the instagram at luxury group ins find me on facebook linkedin um you know and i also have my podcast the and insurance podcast where we take other ideas and then tie the insurance back into them you know like railroad business and insurance kind of thing so i'm gonna have to find a conductor to interview and then bring this whole thing back up again and for for our listeners you know there's probably some people who own homes who are already googling your number for people who aren't quite there yet is it are there things that are still if somebody is out here going i want to make sure i got the auto insurance that's actually going to cover my ass if some idiot crashes into me and they don't have insurance is it is it worth calling or are you would you say hey hold on a little bit more for grown-ups i, w- I just want to know which of our listeners should be ringing the phones because i don't want to send hordes of people to you <laughs> I, don't need, I don't need any fun voicemails coming my way oh. but uh you know we can definitely i want to help people right if somebody wants help and they want to consult they want to have a conversation and learn i'm all about that anytime my staff is available for that Right. We're 13 people here. Um, so and we believe fully in education um, and, and helping people make good decisions for themselves. And if we can make a buck doing it, that's uh, that's even better. So anybody that's ready to upsize their insurance or be more responsible and understand it, that's uh, that's where I'm at for sure. Awesome. Thank you so much for talking. Awesome. Today. Thanks, guys. Yes. See you soon. Thanks. Aaron. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this presentation of New Jersey is the World. New Jersey is the World is Chris Gethard, Nikki Bonaduce, Don Finelli, Andrea Quinn, Carson Kopp, and Mike D. New Jersey is the World is produced and edited by Carson Kopp, Mike D, and Andrea Quinn. You can find us online at New Jersey is the World and on Instagram at New Jersey is the World. Also, please feel free to reach out and leave us a voicemail by contacting the home office of New Jersey is the World at 973-780-4660 in regards to anything show or New Jersey related. Please subscribe and listen to more episodes of New Jersey is the World on your favorite podcast service. If you're looking to join our extremely opinionated and Jersey-ish community, head on over to Patreon.com and search for New Jersey is the World. We have merch, which you can find at BelowTheCollar.com after searching for Chris Gethard. 
Once again, thank you for listening to this presentation of New Jersey is the World. New Jersey is the world, where New Jersey is the world.